Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of a Slow Your Roll. I am Dominic Lorenzano, alongside writer for the Yaki Wave Report, Jesse Caulfield. Perfect timing on that. This is mostly going to be our MLB season preview with the season just around the corner. A couple of days away. Three days away, I think. It's the fourth today. Starts on the seventh. So three days away. We got uh, my good buddy in here, Kyle Mayberry, back in. Someone who pays attention to the entire league of baseball about as closely as I do. I'm probably the only person I've ever met who really does that. Most people just listen to the, like, pay attention to the Sox. He follows, like, the whole league like I do. I remember when I first mentioned that, like, I'd say a name or a player thing. And you're like, oh, I know what you're talking about. I was like, wait, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I do all right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do the best I can. <laughs> so we'll talk mostly that. <clears throat> Dark horses, pretenders, division picks, what we're looking forward to. Dumbest thing I heard this week, this is a good one, and a Darwin Award rush I think is a very good one as well. We'll talk about the NCAA championship a little bit, Coach K's last game, and obviously some news in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. You know, it's funny that that happened right after we did that pre-Madonna list. I don't know. Tom yeah. Tom might be pushing that list right now. He might make that list. I mean, we put it, we put the time report right after for a reason. No, I know. So. But I don't know. I might move him up a couple of slots to maybe being on the list. All right. With that, though, I'm going to turn it over to Jesse Caulfield to get us started today. Jesse, take it away. Thank you. That was beautiful. So I wanted to talk about, I mean, I had a different something I really wanted to talk about, but uh, last night when we were planning the show, I think it was on Ableton Beam Network. Yes. Uh, they had a little, I guess, documentary segment about Don Mattingly. Mm-hmm. And he was a great player in his time, but they came out and said like he was the best, <laughs> the best first baseman of his time. And I'm like, Why? He was really good, really good. But, like, I feel like we overinflate these Yankees time and time again. And I'm pretty damn sick of it. I'm just sick of hearing about them. I have to hear. I mean, I didn't really grow up with Don Mattingly. He was a little before my time. I got to see the very end of his career when I was like two. Um, but I still hear it to this day, even though the Yankees aren't that relevant anymore. I heard all throughout my childhood about Derek Jeter is the best shortstop in the game. Wasn't even the best shortstop in the AL East at the time. Nomar was better. Put up way better offensive numbers, and I felt he was a better fielder also. Um, uh, I hear We talked about Robbie Cano last night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a left-handed hitting in that ballpark. Like, yeah, I'm sure Robbie Cano would put up power numbers that are better than Dustin Pedroia's, but Mariano Rivera himself came out and said, I'd rather play. I mean, he didn't come out. He put it in his book. Yeah. He was he's like, I'd rather play with Pedroia than Cano. I've read that book, actually. I like that book. Yeah. I mean, I like uh, Rivera. I just yeah. hated the team he played for. Yeah. And here's the thing. I even liked Derek Jeter. I just hated the team for he played for. And I hated how overrated this man was day in and day out simply because he wore pinstripes. And yeah, he won a couple World Series, and he was a great player. I think he absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He deserves to be a perennial all-star. But he got some undeserved gold gloves. And maybe that has to do with a little bit of being the Yankees, because, like, oh, he just gets all this attention. And, you know, like I said, he he deserves all these World Series. I think he got four rings. No, five rings, because he got the one in 09. Mm -hmm. And, but I feel like baseball is the, maybe the least sport. Actually, no, maybe hockey. Where the rings matter. Mm. Like football, it matters a lot. Basketball, it matters a lot. But like when you're going to talk about like who are some of the best players, I kind of don't care who won the World Series. I really don't because this is so much of a team sport that one man doesn't make really any difference. Well, yeah, Mike Trout can't get anywhere with the Angels. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then he's got, heck, the top 100 players came out. Mike Trout was two. Otani was one. Missed the playoffs last year, yeah. that team. So it's not about 
the star players. But I'm, I'm more like just sick of hearing about the Yankees. Even this uh, this coming season, like we don't have a lot of hope in the Yankees. And I think they made some questionable moves this off season. I don't really like the Donaldson trade. You like it more than I do. Yeah, I but like, like I don't like it. They're still hyping this Yankee teams up. Like they're gonna be there. They're they're gonna be there right with the Red Sox. Forgetting about Toronto entirely. Um, it seems like. So, so according to the pundits, it's always the Yankees to lose. No matter what, it's always the Yankees to lose. And I don't care. The Yankees haven't really been that great since 09. I know they made a couple ALCSs and lost to the Astros a couple times. Um, and they still cry about those. Actually, I'm going to pull a quote on right now for that. There was some there was some great quotes this week. There people. was. This was this was in the running for the dumbest thing I've heard this week. So this is from Brian Cashman, the longtime GM of the Yankees. All right, so I get offended when I start hearing we haven't been to the World Series since '09. The only thing that de- the only thing that derailed us was a cheating circumstance that threw us off. I like how both the Yankees and Dodgers insist that the Astros stole the World Series from them, from them only, only them. Oh yeah, but um, I don't care. Also, I really also Cashman. Uh, I seem to remember quite a few times a certain team. Mm-hmm. Not far away in Boston, derailing your chances at a, uh, a championship, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Mr. Cashman. Cheating scandal. I mean, pot calling the kettle black with everything that's been coming yeah. out. Yeah, with that whole um, that whole sealed letter. Yeah. That the court sealed letter. Like, you, you really think, and this has all come out, like, a whole bunch of teams, including the Red Sox, were mm-hmm. caught trying to steal signs. It's almost like this is a league-wide thing and everyone was trying to cheat. So, like, just admit you were cheating. Yeah. It's me. You're cheating, Yankees. Now. Like I won't be that mad at you because we did it too. The Astros did it too. There was rumors that the Dodgers were doing it. Like there's rumors that any good team was pretty much doing it. So just mm. uh, just say it. Mm. And like, but the Yankees, they can do no wrong. Some of the biggest steroid users of all time, we still hold their names on high. Andy Pettit, Jason Giambi, like Gary Sheffield, Alex Rodriguez. Some of the biggest cheaters in the beginning of the 2000s and the 90s, and yet they're just good old Yankees. Gotta love them. And I just, I'm so sick of hearing about it. Like, I get it. They're the most storied franchise, 27 rings, you know, uh, probably the most wins in history. I didn't actually look that up. But, like, you know, they were there for decades and decades and decades. This was the, te- the face of the MLB for, like, over half a century. Mm-hmm. I get it, why we want to hold on. But until they really do something again, haven't even made the World Series in 11, 12 years at this point. Like, we can talk about you when you're really relevant again. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, you know, the, the over thing of all that, I mean, <clears throat> now it has changed. But I remember talking to you, it was about a month ago, looking at the uh, odds, like the Vegas odds for the AL East. The Yankees were number one and Toronto was second. And I was like, why? Actually, I'm surprised they even put Toronto that high. No. They, don't, they don't care about Toronto. Yeah, no. but, like, they're but, but, yeah but Vegas cares about make, getting it right and making money. Uh, that's true. It's just they then have to they have to so what they do is they come out with what they think is correct and then they will shift things based on how the public bets. But that was largely how things originally came out. And then the public, at least the professionals at least, started hammering the Blue Jays hard. And so the Blue Jays finally now are the favorite, like they should be in the AL East. Mm-hmm. But I was shocked when it came out how much of a favorite the Yankees still were in the AL East. Even though Anyone who knows what they're doing looks at the roster and thinks Toronto's a better team. Yeah, I think kind of on roster-wise, I think the Red Sox are a better team. Than oh, the yeah. I, I, think, I, mean, I, think, I think it's close. I think if some of the kids for the Yankees uh, mature and, and can pitch, 
and help that rotation. Maybe this is a different story between Gill and Garcia. But do I see the Yankees and see a lot of holes? Yes, I do, especially in the pitching. Yeah, and like I want to say, I do think the Yankees will compete. Yeah. I think they're you know it's going to be a buzzsaw division. They're still going to be a above a five hundred team, um, and you know maybe really compete with the Rays. We think more than maybe that uh, to win the division. Um, but actually, another thing I'm sick of hearing about, even though I'm a part of it, mm-hmm. I don't care about the Red Sox Yankees rivalry anymore. Really? Yeah. What has happened? Oh yeah, that's. I mean, there was that Joe Kelly fight a couple years ago, mm-hmm. but like. Nothing's happened since. And everybody's Nobody. just talking about, you know, we have respect for those guys. You know, we're only rivals. You're not supposed to respect them. No, we're supposed, supposed to hate them. We're supposed to hate them. Yeah. You really don't see it anymore. I mean, there's no more job at Chamberlain thrown at Uke all the time. There's none of that anymore. There's no... There's no. There's not even CeCe Sebastian just yelling at everybody. Yeah, for bunting. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me move? No! <laughs> and, like... I love that rivalry, and it you could maybe make the argument it was the best rivalry in baseball. It's the most historic rivalry in baseball, but it just ain't in it anymore. Yeah. Would I like it to be back, and could it be back one day? Sure, but like, Yankees got to hold up their end of the bargain, bro. Mm. We, we kicked your ass in that wild card game. Oh, that That's was, not a rivalry game. Uh, and in the year that we won the World Series, in that playoff series that as well. That was true. We, when they said, we want Boston, yeah. and then oh. had, like I think, the worst loss in Yankees playoff history, gave, and gave Brock Holt the only playoff yeah. cycle ever. Yes. Yeah, that was that was an ass whooping. Other than the one game that David Price pitched that the Yankees yeah. slaughtered. So the, the media even forces the Yankees rivalries on us, and I'm a Red Sox fan, and but like I don't care anymore. And we've been far better for about a decade now. Yeah, yeah, I'd say like 15 years at this point. Yeah, probably around that. I mean, listen, their last one was 09, and then we won in we won 04, 07, 13, 18, 13, and 8. So we've won two World Series since they've even won one. Yeah. 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 And then we won one two years before them. And we've beaten them two times in the playoffs since? Or is it three times? Wild card game, one playoff series. Is that it? Yeah, we didn't play them in 07. Uh, yeah, other than that. Yeah, I think it's just those two. Yeah. But still, still. All right. I think that's good. That's good on that. From that <clears throat> rapid fire news, the Bruins, since we last did the show, 2-1, and one, lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs 6-4. to four. And then beat the uh, the Devils eight to one and the Blue Jackets five to two. Bruins currently find themselves fourth in the Atlantic Division. Um, Celtics two and two since we last did the show. Uh, they're they're a little injured right now. Williams is out. Uh, an overtime loss to Toronto as well. That one being the Raptors one fifteen to one twelve. A loss to Miami one hundred six ninety eight. And then wins over the Pacers one twenty eight one twenty three. And a win over the Wizards, 144-102. The Celtics find themselves second in the Eastern Conference at the moment. Um, to football, the Pats finally did something to address the wide receiver core. <laughs> yeah. As Devontae Parker, a rare in-division, by the way, trade. You don't see that a ton. Devontae Parker to the Pats for a 2023 third-round pick. Um, the Pats also received a fifth-round pick this year. Uh, another news from a trade, Sean Manaya was traded from the A's, who are tearing everything down. Absolutely. Maybe one of the including worst. Including the stadium soon. Yeah. Including yeah. the stadium Finally. soon. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, they're, they're, making a, they're making a play for being the worst team in baseball, I feel like, next year. Them and the Reds. Oh, come on. It's a race. No, no. No, the Reds are going to be awful. No, I know, but you're forgetting about the one who's always the worst. Every Orioles? year. Yeah. 
I think they'll Somewhat, take a slight step forward. They're so, going to be better than the A's. Listen, until you heard it here first, Orioles will be better than the A's. Listen, until someone takes that title away from Baltimore, I got to I, I got to stick with Baltimore. I can at least name some good players on Baltimore. <laughs> That's true. Mullins, Mancini, Mountcastle. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Sean Manio though was traded to the Pods for Adrian Martinez and I'm going to butcher this name, but Uriel uh, Urbiel Ingles. I think. <laughs> a infielder, though, who hit 329 down in the minors last year for the Padres. Those are two pretty decent prospects. We'll talk about that later. The Washington Commanders, a two-time Darwin Award winner on this show, has once again made the news for allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> we want to be careful here, guys, allegedly, withholding ticket sale revenue from the league and from the visiting opponents as well. Uh, Washington fans are probably very happy about this, though, because if this is true, Dan Snyder will probably lose the team. Yeah, those problems. Yeah. He's in real trouble. Yes, isn't isn't Finally. it? Isn't it just so fitting that the most corrupt team in the NFL is stationed in Washington D.C.? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. fitting. Yeah. I wouldn't want it any other way. I don't <laughs> think it could exist any other way. Yeah, exactly. They were probably put there for a reason. Probably. Yes. Or, or they've become that way for a reason. Mm. <laughs> Just saying. And from that, actually, we are all done with rapid fire news. There's another big piece of news, but it's going to go right into our next segment anyway. So, Jesse, take it away once again. All right. It's time for the Tommy Report. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. The show is not over. <laughs> so, some news. I mean, mostly, I guess, about the Buccaneers themselves. Mm-hmm. We heard last week Tom Brady's coming back. Or it was actually, it was a little over a week ago at this point. Yes. Um, but... So apparently he found out it was he either found out the day he said it or the day after that Bruce Arians will be stepping down as their head coach and they won't say it but it's probably was part of Tom Brady's terms to come back. Now he's stepping down as the head coach, he's still going to be in the front office mm-hmm. and Todd Bowles will be taking up uh the head coaching duty. Uh formerly the head coach of the Jets. We'll see how this goes. Um but it's more like head coach Tom Brady, so Tom Todd Bowles might not be able to fail. Because actually, I heard a report. I don't. It wasn't confirmed. Just a rumor about how much of a dictator Tom Brady's being down there. About how a Bruce Arians would give him play calls, and he would just no. I'm going to do my own thing. I don't care what you said. And then he would also tell the defense what to do, and he would tell them how to like. Like how, what what who you need to cover was uh, what you need to do uh, against certain people. Again, going against Todd Bowles. So this is Tom Brady's team right now, and they're doing whatever they can to keep him happy, whatever they can to sell tickets, whatever they can to be relevant. So yeah, um, Tom Brady is really. He heard about that list we made last week, and is like, oh baby, you kept my name off that list. No, no, no. I'm a top ten in everything. <laughs> uh. So, I gotta have them all. Yeah, he's really. I think. He, did you say this last week? He's really gonna like, like LeBron Janeing, Jamesing this team here. Well, yeah, but at least he's being successful, whereas LeBron destroys teams. Well, LeBron wins a ring, destroys a team, and moves on. Tom Brady won a ring, is destroying a team, and is gonna go to Miami next year. You see, but I feel like half uh-huh. the time LeBron wins a ring, it's when he first gets there and he hasn't meddled with the roster yet. And, and when Tom Brady has LeBron year? James ever taken a pay cut? To make sure. All right, that's true. I'll say that. That's I mean, true as well. Wait, 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 wait. What did you just? Well, they won a championship in Tom Brown and AB and Leonard Fournette. Did he bring in Leonard? Yeah, 
Uh, he recruited Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know he definitely recruited AB and Gronk, obviously. Oh well, yeah, yeah. But so I mean, I don't think it's the same. Here's the thing about that: it's not quite the same because Gronk, AB, and Leonard Fournette were actually all the touchdown scorers in the Super Bowl. That's literally the only people who scored touchdowns. Well, that's my point. That's what I'm saying. I think LeBron comes to a team and wins ring pretty quickly before he's meddled with the roster usually whereas Brady meddled with the roster and won with meddling with the roster uh, LeBron only won in LA when he said give me Anthony Davis that is true but that's one guy sure but in basketball it's a little bit different I mean you can uh, basketball you, yeah, one guy matters couple. more than on the football yeah. but I'm talking about when LeBron starts to really take hold of a roster and starts bringing in multiple guys it's always a mess yeah the Russell Westbrook project <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, it's just lovely. It's so funny watching it. But, but anyway, back to Brady in this. Brady. All right. Here's the thing. <clears throat> Everyone's crapping on Bruce Arians and blah, 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 blah. I think we got to relax a little bit on Bruce. All right. To me, no matter what happened, it made no sense for Bruce Arians to stay on. He won his, he won his ring. Either Brady was going to leave and you're going to go on a rebuild. Why would Bruce stay around for that? You already have your ring. You've retired before. You're not a Bill Belichick type of guy. We all know this. You're a little bit more relaxed. You're like a culture builder in the way of like making it attractive and wanting players to play with you because it's loose. So a rebuild made no sense to me. And then when Brady came back, it made no sense because clearly there was sort of a rift between these two. And you could see it from before even Brady gets there, just thinking about it. Their way of looking at the world, football, and offense never seemed like it was going to make sense. So before Brady even steps in the building, you should think there was going to be a problem. Then bring in the multiple callouts by Bruce Arians. Then bring in Antonio Brown, who Bruce Arians did not want. And then has to deal with the headache the year after Antonio. And I'm sure part of Bruce was annoyed at Brady for that. And then bring in the fact that Brady and Leftwich, you know, probably get along so well. Leftwich is not that far removed from playing football. Brady obviously playing football still. And they probably get along and see the world similarly. Similarly. They both are quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Then Bruce Arians does. So I, I think no matter what happened, it made really no sense for Bruce Arians to stay on. And I think Bruce should deserve some credit for, you know, making this a culture where people wanted to play. And I'm sure tampering some of Tom Brady's intensity and the way he would probably wear on some guys when he first got there for a team that wasn't probably quite used to that. So I think Bruce deserves some credit. I think we're being a little we're being a little mean on Bruce Arians in my opinion. I mean, I will give him some credit. I mean, winning a Super Bowl is nothing to laugh at or by any means, uh, but I still think that the idea behind a team that is very lax, very loose is more appealing than uh, it actually is um you know you get down there and every there's there's no real coaching it's kind of like ha ha you can do whatever you want like as long as you're doing like these minimal things you can have a lot of fun but you know it that's one way of winning a championship but at the end of the day you still have to take yourselves a little bit more seriously than what bruce allowed and um the fact that he yeah, but, that, would, but that's what but that's where tommy came in well yeah but even then but it's still okay um, and the fact that he would, uh, Bruce would go through whatever Tom and Byron would go through, uh, would game plan and just start getting the red ink out and, you know, crossing everything out. I mean, you're talking about Tom Brady, one of the 
well, actually, the GOAT, and uh, obviously knows what he's doing. He has more tenure um, than, you know, some of these guys in the league now have been alive. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you have to trust that a little bit and, it's not, and not let it be like, oh, I'm the head coach. I, I can do what I want. This is what I want. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you have that right, but at the same time, listen to the guys who really know what they're doing and know how to manipulate defenses the way that Tom and Byron did. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, you know, I mean, come on. We all know that not just in football, in any line of work, there's always those kind of bosses and managers who are always guilty of that, who don't actually do the day-to-day work, but will come in and start changing and meddling things. And you're like, bruh, bro, you don't do this job, actually. Like, what are you doing? So I think I think that's a thing that we see everywhere. So I, I get why that happens with Bruce. Especially yeah. since... In Bruce's own mind, he's an offensive guy, and so he feels he should have some input on the game plan. Well, wasn't he the quarterback whisperer? Isn't that him? He's like, uh... Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. <clears throat> but actually, I, I did like your point about how going to a lax place sounds a lot better than it really is. Because I think players like, maybe like a Henry Ruggs or a Kyler Murray would really like it, who are maybe there to get some fame and collect a check, not so much win. Um, and even like, you say, oh... Maybe that's not attractive to Brady. I think it probably was at first because he was so sick of Bill. Mm-hmm. I want a little freedom. I want to have a little more fun with my football. Um, but then Tom Brady got there, and it was it just didn't work because of who Tom is. And yeah. Tom liked it at first. Oh, it's a little lax. He's not all up in my business. That's like you being on vacation. That's, yeah. not, that's not the real you every yeah. day. But Bruce is that lax guy who's still willing to just call you out for everything. And it's like, bro, why weren't you forcing me to do this in practice? Why were you like... Now you're at the podium, and now suddenly you're this strict coach. Shut up! Yeah. Like that would that would really annoy me, especially like as a Tom Brady. Um, but also, yeah, people like the idea of it. But there was a reason people still would always come to New England, and I know a lot of that was they wanted to play with Tom Brady. But people would say like they don't have fun there, but like people would still stay here. People didn't want to leave here, and it's like yeah, I'm sure those practices aren't fun, and Bill pushing you to like your limit every day isn't fun. But when you're actually competing for Super Bowls, that's that's when the real fun is. Mm-hmm. And that's what comes with a strict um, system. And it's still your job at the end of the day. You're, you're there to work on your game, become the best player that you can be. Um, I mean, I don't think it should be to the extreme where it's constantly just go, 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 go. You, you, know, you have to have allow the players to have a little bit of fun. But you also just can't do the opposite of that and just be like, oh, you guys can do whatever you want. Maybe you'll win a Super Bowl. Maybe you won't. But as long as we're having fun, right? <laughs> Everybody gets a participation award. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get you. Uh, the next thing I want to bring in, <clears throat> I didn't hear the defensive report that you were talking about. I guess that's interesting. I still don't think it's probably. I mean, I don't know if that's I, true. I heard that on the radio. I bet it's day. not that much, though. Um, I don't get. I've seen a lot of things where people are like kind of questioning how this is going to go. And I think this is like the perfect setup now for Tampa. Really? Uh, Yeah, because you have a defensive head coach in Todd Bowles, who's a really good defensive mind, and he has basically a coach on the other side of the ball, which is not his area of expertise in offense, and Byron Lefwich as well. No, Lefwich left. Oh, he did leave? Yeah, didn't he go to... Oh, wait, didn't that, did that fall through with Jacksonville? Yeah, no, he didn't go. Okay, okay. I was about to make a point about that, too. Um, Sorry. No, it's all good. Um, And you have Leftwich and Brady on the other side. So Todd Bowles might be a head coach, but he can still really just focus in on the defense and leave the offense 
to Leftwich and Brady and not have to worry about it. Which if you see the trend in the NFL right now, the problem is some of these defensive head coaches, when they have to do things with the offense, right? They just don't have the mind for it. It's just, it's, they just speak a different language. Bowles now can almost be a DC while being a head coach. I think it's a perfect setup as well to just be leave the two sides of the ball completely autonomous because you have capable people on both sides. I think it's the perfect setup for Tampa Bay. I really do. I really love it. And, you know, the fact that Bulls and Leftwich are still here makes me wonder that if they didn't know, I wonder if Tampa knew from the start or at least much earlier on that, like, Brady didn't really want to retire. He was probably going to come back and he wanted to force Bruce out. Well, it seems sudden. <clears throat> it seems sudden. Like suddenly the playoffs came and suddenly Brady was like, oh, I'm going to mold my future this offseason. It's like, what? No. Oh, that's what you mean by sudden. No, I agree with that. But I, I'm just wondering if that's why Bulls and Leftwich didn't leave because they knew. Oh, that he might come back. And that there would be a head coaching spot available. I think everybody knew that Tom was coming back. I didn't believe it for a second. I, I thought eventually he'd come back. I thought maybe he would sit out this year. Yeah, I didn't yeah, think he'd come no, back. I, did, I didn't think he'd come back two months soon, later. But, like, yeah, I, there's no way that that man was staying retired. Yeah, but I wonder if yeah, Bulls no, and Leftwich knew that he was coming back before this season started. And it was like, there'll probably be a head coaching spot available. So let's stay I in Tampa. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case. Well, actually, there was a. Apparently, this was going to be Bruce Arians' last season anyway. Yeah. Um, before he was going to retire because his last year of his contract and stuff like that. And actually, I thought the plan was to give it to Todd Bowles anyway. Mm-hmm. And he figured, I'm going to give it to him this year while the team is still good because I want next year we're going to be a uh, rebuilding team. And yeah. he doesn't want Todd Bowles to. Yeah, and coach Br- that. Bruce Arians likes Todd Bowles and he wants Todd Bowles to succeed. Yeah, so I, I believe that report. All right. Yeah. All right, from that, guys, before we get into the baseball thing, last thing the NCAA tournament, the championship, Kansas. Took down Villanova to make it. And North Carolina, 8th seed, took down Mighty Duke. Spoiled what was going to be the story. Coach K, in his last season, takes Duke all the way to the championship and beats his rival, North Carolina, to get there. The Tar Heels said, not so fast. This is not a Hollywood script. And we're going to beat you. And it's kind of funny that Duke's, that Coach K's, what was it, his last Regular season, or was it his last game in the building of Duke's yeah, his last stadium? Home game. Yep. Lost to North Carolina, and his last game ever loses to North Carolina. Yep. Now, I'm not one of these huge Coach K haters like a lot of people, but I do kind of find it funny. And Duke is easy to hate. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't care enough about um, basketball, especially college basketball, to really have an opinion, but... Uh, the Cinderella story with Coach K going out on top. Yeah, I, I was never buying it from the start. Um, I'm more so salty that my bracket is complete, was completely <laughs> ruined before we even got the ball rolling. <laughs> well, a lot of people's was. Well, you know. I mean, this is an eighth seed in the championship right now. Yeah. Now, it's a blue blood. It's North Carolina, but still, it's an eighth seed. But, you know, this is, this is the thing we said last week about, about college basketball. They're kids, man. They're like 19 and 20. You never know like when they're going to play their best and when they're not. And suddenly North Carolina matured by the time the tournament hit. And now they started playing their best basketball. That's why it's so hard to predict. And one of the things I like it so much more about the NBA. Uh, I That being said, I like Kansas now in the championship. Because I feel like if you go back in the history and you see who had the, the closest win in the final four. Or the most you know emotional sort of win they usually lose the championship. 
because it's not that long later. So, I mean, North Carolina, uh, it doesn't feel like it's tough just 48 hours later to come back and, and get that same, yeah. you know, like energy, adrenaline, and emotional spike that you just had to go through to beat your most hated rival and one of the best rivalries in sports, at least for a lot of people it is. Yeah, I don't know why we're doing this on a Monday night. I don't know, because that's what they always do. Monday? Because it's the only thing on? I get it. You don't want to wait a whole nother week, but like, Monday. I Listen, I wish there was a little more time in between because I... Wednesday. Because I, I, I'm a little annoyed that it feels like it's unfair that one team can blow out another team and the other team, you know, has a tight, crazy game, especially if I feel like the team who had the crazy game clearly played the better opponent. So I wish there was more time in between, but it is what it is. And uh, I really like Kansas to win the whole thing. As much as I like North Carolina. Yeah, I, I, the number one against the number eight. I mean, I know like you still made it here. That's worth a lot. So seeds don't matter that much. But you're still an eight. Kansas is a one. Stomped out uh, Villanova. So Yeah. But hey, I, nice story, North Carolina. It was a great story. Yeah. It was a great story. Do you see the Barstool uh, t-shirts they're selling? Oh, the... The grave one yes. with a North Carolina kicking oh. Coach K into the grave. Oh. Big Cat all week was talking about the funeral and the death of Coach K. Like they were, <laughs> Barstool was going hard. I don't know why Barstool hates him so much. Well, they had some Duke guys. Marty Mush is a Duke guy. Oh, okay. But so, like, so they were like, they're poking just, fun at their staff too. Yeah, but like, okay. you know, Big Cat was just so vocal about it. Uh, that's funny. I, I, I kind of want to buy that shirt. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. It was a good shirt. All right. With that, guys, we're going to take a quick break before we get into all of the MLB season preview stuff. Stick with us, guys. Back, ladies and gentlemen, and we are ready now to do our total MLB season preview. We're going to start, though, with the news that did drop just a couple of days ago. Sean Manaya traded from the rebuilding Oakland A's to the San Diego Padres, and I just have some thoughts on it from this perspective. I hate this move for San Diego because I think that this roster for the Padres, after going so all in last year and getting nowhere, what did they finish? Like, a couple of games. Did they actually? Did they finish under five hundred. They last did year? finish uh, under five hundred. Yeah. So the roster wasn't even good enough last year. You Darvish at thirty-five years old was one and eight with a six point one six ERA post All Star break. Now I know baseball is weird and halves can be weird, but when a guy is thirty-five and declines like that, that is a cause for major concern. They've thrown a lot of money. They've traded quite a bit of their prospects in order to go all in. And now faced with a roster that I think has a lot of unknowns and a roster that doesn't look, clearly doesn't look as good as the Dodgers. And you can make the argument is not as good as the Giants. I don't understand why you'd mortgage more of the future 
to bring in a pitcher when you don't know how this roster is going to perform. If it's performing well near the All-Star break, then fine, go for it and go get somebody to help. I don't understand why you do this now. So the rotation today would be Joe Musgrove, very good season last year, considerably better though than the rest of his career. So we'll see if that's who Musgrove is or if he's going to decline just a little bit. Hugh Darvish, as I mentioned, horrendous second half and is 35 years old. They had Sean Manaya, 3.91 ERA last year. He's talented. He's 30. He's actually not as young as I felt. I thought he was much younger. He's not. He's 30. And he's had some injury issues and stuff like that. After that, fourth, Blake Snell, who was a roller coaster all year. And then Mike Clevenger, who's still on the DL. So the fifth starter, you don't really even know yet. Uh, Danielson Lamette can never stay healthy. Chris Paddock is already hurt and has been bad now for two years. It seems like he's not going to fulfill his potential. And then Mackenzie Gore, who is young, you know, top-level prospect, but lost it a bit last year. So I don't even know who the fifth starter is going to be. And when Clevenger does come back, Clevenger hasn't pitched in so long. So what do you think? Clevenger's just going to be sensational right away? I just don't get it. Offensively, are they bad? No. Austin Nola, Hosmer's not as good as he once was, but he's still productive. Cronenworth I like. Then you have Machado. Then you have Kim at short. Jerks and Profar, Trent Grisham, Will Myers, and they brought in Luke Voigt to DH. It's not a bad offense, but I don't think it's an elite offense by any means, and it's not enough to overcome how bad the starting pitching was last year. If that pitching is just as bad as it was last year, or even close to as bad, I don't see this team really going anywhere. So I think it was a stupid move to mortgage more of the future, considering how much of it you already mortgaged the year before, for a roster that I largely feel is a complete unknown. Yeah, if Manaya was a little bit younger, I'd say, oh, yeah, maybe they're just going to rebuild the rotation around this guy, maybe. uh, Use him as a piece for the future, but um, 30, it's probably going to be, what, another three, four, maybe five years before the Padres return to relevancy again. So I'm not really sure. I mean, Uh, yeah, listen, if everything goes right this year, if everything goes right, maybe they'll be relevant and they can make a wild card spot. I just think it was too much of a risk for a roster that you don't know how it's going to perform, considering especially Tatis is out for two months. Jesse, do you have some thoughts on this? Yeah, I I very much disagree, actually. Okay. I like this move because, like, the offense is going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, obviously, the I mean, we'll get to the divisions, but, like, spoiler alert, Dodgers are going to win that division. Oh, well, yeah. Really? <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think they got a good chance this year. Oh, wow. I think the moves they made really made them better. Um, but like you say, maybe the the Giants will be competing for it. I don't. I don't care about their offense at all. They have great starting pitching. But like, this is a pretty good team all around. Now that the big question is pitching, but this adds so much pitching depth. Do I? Do I think Blake Snell is going to be as bad as he was last year? No, I really don't. I think he's going to settle in. He's only 29. He'll settle into San Diego. I expect him to be a little bit better. At times, he looked great. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he was maybe their best pitcher down the stretch, if I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, Too bad he was the only one. Um, I don't care about you, Darvish. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Sure, he'll be a bad fifth starter. Um, So do you think, but do you think he's, you don't think that was a fluke? You think he's declining? Darvish? Yes. Oh, he's 35. Yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah, he's probably going to be declining. And, like, yeah, he had a good first half, but, like... That second half was awful. Yeah. I saw him live, too. It didn't look good. (laughs) 
Well, you 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 didn't like you Darvish for a long time. Oh, I just thought he was overrated, but I didn't think he was bad. Okay, I just thought he got kind of overrated sometimes. Yeah, I thought the hype was a little bit too big around him too. But yeah, mm, yeah. Uh, he he can refine himself, maybe add a little bit more spin rate to his pitch. I mean, if he accepts himself as a 35 year old fifth starter, I think that'll really help him. Mm. He's not what he once was. I'm look. I need to be total placement. I can't. I'm not going to overpower anyone. I need to make sure I have can place my pitches. So, but I don't have a lot of faith in New Divers. Anyway, but like you say, oh, Joe Musgrove had the best season of his life last year. Who knows if he can get it? I mean, he's only 29. They're supposed to peak when they're 27, 28, 29, 30. So this is this is his time where he's really going to show what he's, I guess, worth. So I'll, I'm not that out on it. Mm-hmm. But like this is their biggest problem last year was other than, you know, falling apart in the locker room down the stretch mm-hmm. was consistent pitching for both just pitching well and being healthy so this really adds i think a lot of depth to that mm-hmm. and he's a really good pitcher okay can he now seems everyone that goes to san diego can't figure it out see if he can but i i don't like i don't dislike this move nearly as much as you guys do okay. and the prospects they gave up were like they were the 12th and 26 prospects for the padres not no top tens no but They've just they've given away so many things already. Yeah, that's that's just who they've been for the past decade. <laughs> I, it kind of seems like a move from AJ Preller, knowing that the heat is on, and if they don't succeed this year, he might get canned. Ah, uh, maybe. But like to be honest, like if you don't <laughs> succeed soon, he should be. <clears throat> no, I know. It's just you know, seems like a move from someone who's trying to save his job. This isn't always great in the long run for the actual organization. Well, what's your problem with Manaya though? I don't have a huge problem with Manaya. Like he's not an ace, but he's good. I, it's not about Manaya. It's about the fact that I just think the rest of the roster is a large question mark. I think the biggest question about Manaya is he just came off Tommy John. But I'm not even making it about Manaya. It's just about the roster. But I, I the roster is pretty good. I don't. Know. I mean, you got a really good infield when it's healthy. Yes. Uh, your outfield is eh. But honestly, trade Hosmer for an outfielder if you can. Yeah, because Luke Voigt can play first base. They're trying to. No, I know. Yeah. I, know. I feel so bad for Hosmer. <laughs> I know. He's still productive. He's just not worth what he got money-wise. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyone else? Final things on this? No? No. We're no, good. No, We're no. ready to move on. Ready All right. Let's on. go. So, before we get into our actual, you know, predictions for each division, let's go over <clears throat> what we think are some dark horses this year for the MLB season and a team that we... Don't believe the hype on. Jesse, I'm going to start with you on this. All right. My dark horse is the Detroit Tigers. They were better than anyone, everyone expected last year. Uh, and they made a couple moves this summer. You know, not much, but they made two decent splashes with a Javi Baez and Eduardo Rodriguez. I think both are overpaid for what they are, but that is definitely an improvement on both the pitching staff and uh, in your lineup. So, and you're in a division that's, you're going to have the Guardians, you're going to have the overrated White Sox. I hate that name so much. <laughs> yes, yes. But um, your, your division's going to be crap. You really have potential to make a run here, I feel, at a wild card. Because, I mean, the White Sox are going to be better than you, but I think they're a very overrated team simply because of their division. So I think you can really make a run at a wild card here hmm. if you're the Detroit Tigers. All right. All right. And who are you going with as your pretender? Oh, you're going to make me do the pretender first. Okay. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Really? Yes. Interesting. Now, Despite how bad the division is? Yes. Okay. Because 
Now, when I say pretender, they will compete. I think they'll, you know, compete for that wild card. But ah, people are putting this team too high right now. I really do. They've got Steven Mass this offseason. And then they got Corey Dickerson and Albert in an 40, on paper, 42-year-old Albert Pujols, possibly maybe even 45 or 44. Uh, but whatever. Um, on paper, he's 42. Uh, so the reason I say they're a pretender is, yeah, they made a run last year. But, like, Steven Matz does not help this. I mean, he'll help this starting rotation. But it's not going to be the end-all, be-all. I don't care that, oh, this is Adam Wainwright's swan song. He's 40. And he's not going to do what he did last year. He was amazing last I, yeah, year. He is, if he can stay healthy, he's still not going to do what he did last year. I no. don't care. No, I agree with you. They want 100%. And then, like, sure, Albert Pujols can still bang. He can still hit left-handed pitching very well. But I don't care. He's not, he's not going to save you. And then Corey Dickerson, great. I know he can hit 20 home runs, but he hasn't in a, couple, in a little while. So I don't think Corey Dickerson is going to be anything for you to help your outfield. So... This team, they didn't make the moves to really, I think, progress themselves as much as other people think they did. Mm. That's why I think Pretender. Okay. Anyone have any backlash on either of his picks? I actually really don't. No. I I do think... uh, The only thing with the Cardinals is I I think the division is so bad that they have a really good chance of making the playoffs. And I don't think they're a Pretender simply because of that. I mean, you have two teams that you can beat up on who are going to be awful I mean the Pirates and the Reds are some of the worst teams and they're both in the same division and the Cubs aren't good either so I feel like there's a lot of free wins on the table for sure and that's part of the reason why I think like you know they'll be in the conversation I think later in the year Mm. it's just I don't think they are as good as everyone else does Mm. that's why I think pretender I gotcha that's fair that's fair Kyle Uh, what do you have so um you know I was I was torn at the beginning um when we were first going through with the Dark Horses, um, I actually really liked the pick of the uh, Tigers. I really thought that um, Erod was a decent pickup for them, um, and Javi Baez was also good for them. I also agree that they're overpaid, but when you look at the season that they had last year, um, you know, you, like you said, they they overperformed and they um, down the stretch they were a lot better than I thought. And they, they, what did they put together a string of what 16, 17 games in a row, something like that last year? Uh, and but they are not my pick. I actually decided to go to uh, the Texas Rangers, ah. um, which um, I've been told is not a popular choice amongst this group. <laughs> um, but you know. Walk I'm into, not walk into the fire, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> I'm ready for it. So um, I, I I really don't think they're gonna be tremendous, but I um I, I do like the uh, you know, the additions um, of um, John Gray. I like Seager. These these guys are are going to be difference makers. I mean, it's, it seems like at the beginning of free agency and at the beginning of the off season, they were the guys making all the moves. Them and the Mets were just making mm-hmm. all these crazy moves. Um, do I think John Gray is going to be great? No. Um, not by any means. He's coming off a 2021 campaign that he posted his second best ERA of his career. Still wasn't a great ERA, but he's feeling good. I think uh, being in um, Texas will help him a little bit. Um, you know, you always have to take into account the warm weather, that factor, all that fun stuff. Maybe a little sweat on the ball will help him out a little bit with the spin rants. You never know. You know, baseball is such a weird thing. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't really 
see any reason that, yes, they were an absolute garbage fire last year. Dumpster <laughs> fire. Um, I do think they will be above a 500 team this year. Oh. Um, and my pretenders, it's going to sound like a complete bias because I am a Red Sox fan and um, I hate the Yankees more than I hate a lot of things. <laughs> um, but I really do think it's it's just another one of those seasons where, oh my goodness, the Yankees went out and got somebody. They're going to win the World Series this year. Josh Donaldson is going to be that guy. Like, Congratulations. No, you just bought yourself another um, maybe. I don't even think the Yankees are going to make the playoffs this year. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be shocked either way. If they made the playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked. If they don't make the playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked. But I've never liked Josh Donaldson. No, I don't. Never. Um, giving really? up Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela, not a huge fan of letting go. I mean, wasn't a huge Sanchez fan, but I'd rather have him than Donaldson, personally. Wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I don't care about his defensive faults. Really, I, I care about his all-or-nothing approach to hitting on a team that already has too many of those. Yeah, exactly. But isn't Donaldson the same way? No, Donaldson can hit for he average. He can uh, hit for I, average. Anybody can. I'll hit I'll say for average. nowadays Donaldson is that kind of perfect Yankee. Yeah, because now now that he's old, like he doesn't. And I cannot wait to watch all the fistfights between him and Garrett Cole, <laughs> despite the fact that they've had conversations and really buried the hatchet. No, no. Have you seen those two look at each other even just in the dugouts? Just. It's going to be another Papel Bond, Bryce Harper situation. Ah, nice. All right. You know what? He did hit 247 last year. And he's <laughs> no spring chicken anymore either. No. So I, it was just, for me, that entire trade was just a very, um, not backwards move for the Yankees, but very neutral move. Okay. Um, All right. Um, listen, I got, I'm not going to say anything about the Yankees because, like I said, either way, I wouldn't be shocked. The Texas Rangers, man. Great. You brought in two really expensive guys to hit in the middle of your lineup. Corey Seager has a huge injury problem and is the kind of player that I think will decline fast. I think it could go down as one of the worst free agent signings. Now, that doesn't mean I don't think it'll be productive this year, but I think it'll be a terrible move in the long run. The biggest thing to me is this pitching, man. There's no reason that I think looking at this staff that they're going to be any better than they were last year other than bringing in John Gray. Nobody is that young or that big of a prospect. Right now, their depth chart is John Gray, Dane Dunning, Martin Perez, Martin Perez. Mm. We know how that was. <laughs> Taylor Heron and Spencer Howard. Spencer Howard was a top-level prospect for a while in Philly, but has had multiple chances now at the pro level and has just been atrocious every single time. It's his year. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. In 74 innings, the man has, let's see, in 74 innings over the last three years, he's got a 6.93 ERA. Nice. Yeah, exactly. He walks 37. I mean, just no grasp of the strike zone at all. A whip of 1.62. So I, I don't know if I really believe in Spencer Howard anymore. We know what Perez is. Tyler, uh, Taylor Huron is 27. He's not a prospect. 6-6, six and six, 4.66 ERA uh, last year. And uh, Colby Allard is the other one who pitched a lot out of the starting rotation last year. Uh, another guy who's younger, but he's not. he wasn't even on the prospect list really at all. So I don't see any reason why this starting rotation is going to be good enough at all to cut it. So I, I And offensively, do I think they're decent offensively? Yes, but I don't think they're special. 
I don't believe in Adolis Garcia. I think Adolis Garcia had a good month and a half, two months. But if you look at his numbers, he fell way off at the end of the year. He doesn't walk. And he's older than people realize, too, and was mostly a bounce around the minors guy for a while. So I think he's a fourth outfielder. So I, I just don't believe in this team at all. I think they will be buried. Well, not in last because the A's are awful, but I think they'll be a good eight games below 500. Hmm. Jesse, do you have any thoughts? Uh, I mean, I don't have much to add to that because, yeah, I mean, you might have the best middle infield in the league if it can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. But even if you look at the offense, like Corey Seager, Simeon, uh, Garcia. I like Cole Calhoun. Okay. 34-year-old Cole Calhoun yeah, who batted 230 last year. Yeah, I like him. I mean, I liked him a couple years ago. Maybe he likes. But, him, maybe he likes him for that ballpark. At, all right, I I can see that. But after that, your lineup falls off. I know. And then after, like, uh, yeah, John, John Gray's good. But then they went, yeah, they went dumpster diving <laughs> for the Red Sox rejects and Garrett Richards and Martin Perez. So I don't. Well, I I'll agree with you. I think they will be above five hundred this year. Really? And I think because I mean, oh, I don't think they're going to be above five hundred. All right. But like I think they will just de- de- float that 500 range. That's what I. That's what I. I see they could be this year. Okay. Only time will tell, boys. Baseball is that beautiful sport <laughs> where anything can happen. That I, is true. I agree. I agree. But I just I don't see it, man. I just uh, I think I think this is uh, one of those situations where a team goes out and buys big in the off season and fools people. But they're not fooling Vegas. They don't have good odds in Vegas at all to even finish with a good Even better. I like them even more now. Oh, okay, then. All right. From that, guys. uh, So for mine, the first pretender I have is the Los Angeles Angels. People think this team is going to be good. We're so hyped. Otani and Trout together. You know, obviously Houston is still the favorite for the division. But most pundits have the Angels at second. And I don't buy it at all. Uh, offensively, I don't think they're that great outside of Trout and Otani. Anthony Rendon is older. He hasn't played as nearly as well uh, with the Angels as he did in Washington, and he's been getting hurt. What makes you think Otani and Trout are going to stay healthy? After Otani, the starting pitching is still blah. It's like Patrick Sandoval, Michael Lorenzen when I just looked, and I can't even remember the other one. Oh, and Noah Syndergaard, they brought in Noah Syndergaard, who's never healthy either. I think, once again, this is another year of an Angels team that's top-heavy and never can stay healthy. I don't think they're even finishing second. I think Seattle will finish in second in that division. I don't buy the Angels at all. And for my dark horse, I have the Miami Marlins. And I know the Jeter stuff and all that, and you know everyone makes fun of the Marlins. This is a really, really good young pitching staff that has performed the last two years between Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers, and then they're bringing in Eliezer Hernandez, who will hopefully be healthy for the entire season this time around. And now they have at least upgraded the offense. Now, Jeter was mad because they thought he thought this was the time to go more all in, and he wanted Nick Castellanos, which I agree with him. That's part of the reason why he left, because he still feels like they're not going in the way that they should. But they brought in Jorge Soler, who was very good last year for Atlanta. And then uh, they brought in Joey Wendell as well. They got some young guys who could, you know, who played at the major league level this year and could you could really see taking a step forward and Jesus Sanchez and Chaz Chisholm. 
uh, I think this is I think this is a offense that is really really upgraded, and it's multi-dimensional in the fact that you have guys who can hit for average and hit at the top of the lineup, and you have some guys who can hit for power in like Jesus Aguilar and Jorge Soler. Now, do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Probably not. They're probably not deep enough. But I wouldn't be shocked if they surprise somebody and finished ahead of either the Mets or the Phillies. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're still in the race for a playoff spot come around the trade deadline. So, no, I, I really think... Miami has a chance to really surprise some some people this year. Mm. Anybody? I mean, I'll agree with you with the Angels. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, we talked about last night. Like, when you told me that people put them at second at that division, I'm like, that's insane. Insane. Um, and then my problem with uh, the Marlins is so much question with that pitching, though. What do you mean? Well, like, it's... It was oh. one of the best rotations in baseball last year. Was it? Yeah. Their their team ERA was was really good, dude. Mm. It's just that they couldn't score runs. Oh, I forgot they also brought in Avisail Garcia, who hit two sixty two last year with twenty nine homers and eighty six RBIs on an eight twenty OPS. I just don't think this team. I mean, you think they're gonna finish ahead of the Phillies? I said I think they could. Do I, I think I don't even will? like the Phillies that much? I mean, listen, I go be... look at it. But go okay. You got Sandy Alcantara. Right, who yeah. finished with a three no, like one nine ERA last year. You have Trevor Rogers, who before before they shut him down was like in the running for rookie of the year, two point six four. You have Pablo Lopez, who's been consistent the last three years with good ERAs, three point oh seven. I mean, that's that's a great top. Eliezer Hernandez, who battled injury most of the year. Yeah, but they're all young. That's like four point one eight. I mean, they're kind of young, but. I mean, Sandy's been in the well, league now for a bit, and Pablo's been in the league now yeah, for a bit, and they've both been pretty consistent. Yeah, but they're all 26, 26. Uh, who's the other one you listed? Um, 24. Trevor Rogers is 24. Like, that's, that's, that's the problem with it. Okay. And like, hey, w- is it nice to have young pitching that you can look forward to for the future? Of course. But it does come with a lot of questions, I feel. It does, but it seems to me that they're producing now. Sandy's been producing a couple of years. But with no pa- pressure on them. Pablo's been... There's still no pressure on them. I don't think there will be a lot, but like, let's say... Let's say they are competing past the even the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. That's when the pressure. That's when like that's when the U Darvishes come out. Mm. I gotcha. I get. But to me, I mean, I and I think young this, teams always come with these big questions, think, and they should. I think this offense is better than people are going to realize now. I mean, the middle of the order being Avisil Garcia, Jesus Aguilar, and Garrett Cooper. I mean, again, are any of them stars? No. But they've produced pretty well. Aguilar, 261, 22 homers last year, 93 RBIs. I told you what Avisil Garcia's numbers were already. Uh, Cooper Cooper's a bit more of the question mark. He's going to have to stay healthier than he did last year for Miami. But And 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 come on. I mean, Solaire, I feel like, is pretty proven at this point. Not a high average guy, but 27 homers and 70 RBIs and played really well for Atlanta down the stretch. So, I don't know. I, listen, you could think I'm crazy, but... Kyle, what do you think? Um, you know, I, I don't hate the Marlins as a as a pick for um, as a dark horse. I still don't think that they have enough. Um, it is a good young squad. Um, I think they have a bright future, but I don't think that future is now. Um, they can float around, probably make some moves in in the uh, NL East, just maybe a few. Um, they're not going to finish last, I don't think. But to me, other than the Mets, who then. <clears throat> seem to be falling apart already. 
<laughs> uh, no one in the division really got better. And Atlanta got worse. Philly's got better. Uh, yeah. A I little f- bit. They brought in the bad of Castellanos, but they didn't really address and Schwarber. Schwarber. Yeah, but they didn't really address the thing that's always been the problem, which is the pitching. Oh, uh, well, once Zach Wheeler is healthy. Yeah, but after Wheeler, there was a whole lot of nothing last yeah. year. Well, they brought in, was it, did they got Dombrowski now? Yeah. Is he still there? Yeah. Well, I mean, has he ever figured out a bullpen? <laughs> no. Neither has the city of Philadelphia now for the last it's perfect. six years. Exactly. Match made in heaven. I'm just, I, I don't Who think needs that. a bullpen? No. And, and I, listen, I like Atlanta. I still think they'll win the division. But to me, they're not as good as they were last year because they lost Freeman. And they lost Solaire, too. So. Oh, I don't think the Braves are as good as last year. No. I mean, I like the Olsen. Um, so if things, I, I'm just saying, I think they're going to finish better than people think. I think they'll hang around longer than people think. And I think if things do really work out for them, there is a window there in that division now. A very mm. small window. A very small window, but it's there. I think most people haven't picked for last place. The Marlins? Yeah. I think that then they must just be forgetting about the Washington Nationals. Oh yeah, you're right. Probably I most think people everybody have... forgets about the Washington Nationals. Yeah, yeah I kind of forgot they're, about they're pretty I, irrelevant. I kind of forgot about the Nationals until you just said they that. They won a World Series just not far yonder. No, I know. But they're really bad now. Yeah, oh. okay, fine. You're right. Probably most people have the Nationals in last, but I don't think most people have Miami even competing. I put money on the Vegas odds too to win the division just cuz the payout's so high. What is it? Oh, it's like 14. Like, if you bet $100, you win 1400 I might just go do that. That's yeah, what I'm that's saying. Not... Just, just just sprinkle it in. You know? <sighs> just a little bit. But that's just <laughs> so far. I feel like that is just throwing away $100. Well, you don't have to bet 100 Yeah, but... but You could win... You could put 40 bucks and still win a significant amount of money. But then I'll just be like, oh, regret. I should have yeah, more. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, you know what? I'm not gonna bet. just <laughs> don't bet it. Don't, I'm not cool saying you have to go bet cool it. I'm, I'm just there. saying a cool right. mill. Cool mill. All right, <laughs> take out a loan. All right, let's go. MLB. All right. Wait, Actually, are, we doing, are we doing favorite storylines? Yeah, we are going to do favorite storylines first. Kyle, what are you most looking forward to about this MLB season? All right, there there are a few things. Um, the Yachty retirement tour, mm. uh, especially with their re- that. with the reunion uh, with Pujols, you know. Uh, I think it could end up being a combined retirement tour for the two of them. Well, Wainwright's also said it's his last year. Yeah, cool. so, so, so it could no, be a three-way retirement get, party. Pujols also said this is his last year. It already came out. Yeah. Oh, he so, did? So, so it's a, it basically St. Louis Cardinals is just a swan song. Yeah, so um, I'm definitely looking forward to when the Cardinals come to uh, Fenway and uh, watching a the game there. Um, uh, I really like that a lot. I've always loved Yachty. I mean, Yachty is just a great ball player. Uh, love his arm. Um, not too many people can steal on him, even still, um, and that says something about it uh, about him. Uh, I also am really interested to see how the universal DH plays out this year. Uh, see how it affects um, how much longer like NL managers will keep their starters in. Um, if the leash gets longer, if it gets shorter, and what's going to happen there, or if we'll see a spike in NL um, ERA. Mm. Um, just because you know, I'm sure, they, we, they, I'm sure we'll see that. Oh yeah, because you know they no longer have that relatively given out, with the exception of a few uh, select pitchers who can actually rake. But you know, who cares about that anymore? I, I am gonna miss seeing some of these guys hit bombs. Yeah, but, Grinky. Yeah, but <clears throat> Universal DH. It's Bumgarner. Um, yeah, but he can't play anymore. I know he can't. It's not worth watching him hit if I have to watch him pitch at the same time. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Maybe just make him a DH. <laughs> And uh, I'm also really looking forward to the Yankees not making the playoffs. <laughs> I like nice. that. I like that. 
right. Uh, the storylines I'm most looking forward to is <clears throat> seeing a whole season of Wander Franco because he mm-hmm. looks real special. I want to see that. I want to see Bobby Witt in Kansas City as well. Um, the next thing I want to see is, though I did crap on them, I am excited to see another year of Otani and hoping that Trout can stay healthy with it and see those two together. As much as I crapped on them, I am looking forward to seeing it, you know, for the time that they're out there and healthy. Mm. And then uh, the Miami Marlins. I, I, I'm really looking forward to watching that that starting rotation. I watched it a lot last year now that they upgraded the offense. I'm excited to see just just how much better they're going to be. I'm interested. Okay. I'm interested to see how it goes. All right. How, about, mean, I, how about for you? I picked only one. Uh, and I, my, I'm really interested to watch uh, the Milwaukee Brewers this year. Really? Because I mean, they're so forgettable. Like, oh, there's a team in Milwaukee. Oh, I forgot. Like, I'm, I'm trying to even remember like the NL Central. I'm like, oh, the Brewers, the team that won the division last year. Yeah. But like, I don't know. They're such a likable group of guys, and like their pitching was so good last year. They needed some hitting. They only brought in like Hunter Renfro, but I actually really like that for them. Because they, they I, desperately I, I, needed... I love him in that bar, ballpark, too. Yeah, and they desperately needed some instant offense. They got rid of Jackie Bradley Jr. to do it. Mm-hmm. So, like, all things coming up, uh, Brewers. Right. And I'm excited to see it. Because I want... I, I love when other teams... The, the not the not the Dodgers, not the Yankees, not the Red Sox, not the Cubs, not the Cardinals. When it's a different team in there. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Well, I, I think the White Sox will be in that mix, too, as a different team. I know you're, you don't believe in them, but mm-hmm. they're young, and I think these things happen in progression, so I think they'll be better even than they were last year. What about Seattle, though? We'll talk about them. I thought, okay, fine. Is that why you left it off your, your, your story lines to watch? Yeah. All right, let's go. I'm going to talk about them. MLB division predictions. I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to go Toronto in the AL East. I already have told you I, I put uh, put, a, put a small fortune on them to win the division already when the odds still had them in second. So I'm riding with the Jays all season long. And I said it last year, I mean, after the deadline. I was like, I, even if they don't make the playoffs, I think this is the best team in the American League now. So Blue Jays, I'm going to go White Sox in the Central. And I'm still going to go Houston in the West. I think they'll take significant steps back. Um, I think Seattle will be there pushing them, but I still think Houston takes it in the end. Wild cards, I feel like is like who the hell knows. I'm going to go Seattle, and I'm going to be nice because I really want it to happen. I'm going to go Boston. Mm. So, Mm. Jesse, take it away. I mean, I picked Toronto to win the East. Okay. I did. We all feel like they're kind of just on paper the best roster. Oh, like yeah. offensively, they can bang with the best of them. They are uh, good pitching as well. Mm-hmm. Chicago, I feel like that's a cakewalk division, <clears throat> and they are just clearly head and shoulders the better team than everyone else in that division. Mm-hmm. Um, and were last year clearly. Um, and then my West, Seattle Mariners winning the West. Okay. Because you know they overachieved last year. They went on a run for the wild card, and now this off season they're like, all right. We're going to spend some money. Brought in Adam Frazier to play second. Brought in the star pitcher on the market in Robbie Ray. And then they made a big trade for Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker from Cincinnati. I love these moves. I love what they brought in. Mm-hmm. They got some young kids who are ready, you think might be ready to take the, take the next two and Kyle Lewis over there in the outfield. Right, yeah, Kyle Lewis. Didn't he make that? He's made that step last year, though. Yeah, he did. And then Mitch Hanniger with his comeback season last year. Yes, he was really yeah. good. And they did lose... Kyle Seeger, but I'd much rather have Suarez than Seeger. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Like, I, I really like this team. And, like, yeah, you say the Astros are probably going to take a step back. They lost Correa. Uh, who knows how we're going to really get out of Verlander, 40-year-old coming off Tommy John. So a lot of questions there. I like I like this team, and I like the position they're in. So okay. Seattle Mariners. And I guess wild card, probably Astros, and I'll go Red Sox. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Kyle, for the AL, who do you have? Okay, so I'm actually completely in agreement with you on that. Jay's taken the East. I think it's basically like the om- one of the obvious ones. Um, and with the Central as well, the, such a terrible, terrible um, division. division. It's, it's, it's awful. Um, it's not even going to be close, I don't think. Um, no. So Chicago, despite I do agree with you, they are slightly overrated. I don't think they're that great of a ball team. I think it's their division to lose. It's pretty obvious. Um, oh, I think they'll have that baby wrapped up by the end of June. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's just call it in April. Um, <laughs> Seriously. Um, and I also have the Astros taking the West again. Um, like you said, they are going to take a step back, um, but I don't think it's going to be enough of a step back to open the door for the Mariners. I think the Mariners will make a push, and I'm, I, I, I will put them in a wild card position. Okay. Um, and I will say the Sox, too. Um, wow. I thought, I thought someone was going to be a non-homer and no, go Rays. No. Or... Let's see. I don't have that much faith in the Rays and the Yankees. I don't believe we. We you've the one who've been talking about. I how have you more believe. faith in the Rays than the Yankees. Okay, and like I honestly, the regular season matchup. I don't know why they have our number, mm. so I don't like that. But it's just 162 games. I like the Red Sox over 162 games for the Rays. Okay, Alex Cora can you know he can lead this team. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think the Rays pitching is ready either. No, no. And their offense is, you know, they lost Nelson Cruz. They haven't really replaced him. So I I don't believe in their offense all that much. So you have the Sox as well. So not much to argue about. No. So in the NL, then I'll start again. Uh, We're going to go Atlanta in the East. We're going to go. We're going to go Milwaukee in the Central as much as I don't want to. (laughs) And we're going to go the Dodgers in the West. I don't think nothing groundbreaking there. I'm going to go Giants for a wild card. And I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a wrench in this. I'm gonna go Philadelphia Phillies for the other wild card. Oh. I think they're finally gonna make the playoffs. Is their pitching still just as sketchy as always? Hell yes, it is. But man, their offense is really really good. I don't buy the Mets, and uh, yeah, I don't think the Cardinals are that good either. So I don't like the Padres. So I think Phillies take the other wild card. Okay. Miami finishes in third, guys. Close, a close third with the Mets in fourth. What's your problem with the Brewers? What are you talking about? The Brewers you, are winning the division. You, well, you said you're like, I don't really like the Brewers, but. I just, God, their offense, man. I know they added Renfro, but ugh. But you know what? Actually, I will say this. The kid, Keston Harua, has changed his swing quite a bit and has looked a lot better in spring training. So if he starts to live up to the potential that they hoped, that is a game changer for Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. Because they have the same thing as like the White Sox. I feel like they just have a really weak division. They're going to march to it. That's why I asked, like, what's your. The Cardinals will be close for a while. No, I actually have the Cardinals taking the division. Oh, Oh. Kyle, go away. Let's go. Um, Yeah. um, I'm I'm still going to ride the whole story between the the retirement tour. Um, Really, I I think. 
The Cardinals will pull out that voodoo magic that they oh, yeah, always of do. Of course, and, you know, it's, it's something magic about the game of baseball. That, Wainwright, uh, Wainwright will pitch over his head. They'll bring in John Lester, who looked done, and he'll pitch great Wainwright, for half. Wainwright season. is not going to allow a hit the entire season. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, I, I, I do like the, I do like the um, Cardinals team this year. Um, I. I do fall into that trap sometimes, though, where you know I I don't think about the Brewers all that often. You know, I think they're of, a forgettable team. I, they, I, they, they uh, I think of it's Christian Yelich. It's, it's not a great city. No. Either. I've been there. <laughs> so like, it, it's not really appealing to me. It's not. It's not um, something that I I can really see happening because I don't think about them enough. You know, I I do think about the Cardinals, and maybe that's the trap that I'm falling into. Um, by saying that, it's that you know, I'm not thinking of anybody outside of the realm of normality. But. I like it, Kyle. Someone's gotta, someone's gotta, someone's gotta change it up. So, you go with it. Yeah, I'll, you and I'll your Texas it. Rangers yes. and St. Louis Cardinals. Yes. Yeah, ice cold takes over here. I'll serve them up all day. It, <laughs> He's got the a... Rangers winning the World Series. I believe. Oh yeah, 100. <laughs> percent Rangers Cardinals World Series. <laughs> Rangers get their revenge. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a rematch. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, so we got St. Louis in the Central. Who do you got in the East? Uh, in the East, I actually have the Phillies taking it. Ooh, oh, okay. Yeah, I know it. I know it. I, I do like the additions of um, of. Uh, oh my goodness! Why can't I think? All of a sudden, Schwarber and um, Castellanos. Castellanos. I think that's going to be big. Um, I really hope, for the sake of um, the rest of the NL East, that there are no tragedies this season because Castellanos will hit home runs every single time after them. He has a history of. Um, Hitting homers after big tragedies. Uh, I, know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, 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 I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, I like that. I like Zach Wheeler a lot. Um, I rode him to um, a championship uh, in fantasy baseball last year, somehow, <laughs> some way. Um, but uh, I also like their lineup, I think, is really good. Um, I, I've always been a JT Real Muto fan. I like him a lot. Um, I like Didi as a shortstop. I really do. I think he's one of those those guys that can really get things done. Um, and you know, the Braves losing Freeman, it's hard to say that one player will affect a team that much. But I think in this case, he's one of those guys where he's not only just a great player, but he's also a tremendous leader in that well, clubhouse. That was their captain, so yeah, to speak. Exactly. So the, the emotional leader is gone now, um, and I just really don't know if any of these guys are ready to step up and take. And keep the Braves um, as the division winners. I do see the Braves taking a wild card spot, though. Um, okay. And then in the West, uh, I think. Come on. The we all know. We all know who's winning the West. Oh, you got the Rockies. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Colorado. Chris Bryant, I see. Rocky Mountain High, man. <laughs> Chris Bryant, you know, hits 60 home runs. <laughs> At least. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Dodgers. Who do you have for the other wild card, then? You have the Braves and who else? Uh, the Brewers. Brewers? Okay. So nobody else from the West. All right. All right. I'm going to push back. Oh, wait, no, you go. You go. Uh, yeah, my division winners are not that exciting. The East will be the Braves. I think they'll hold on. Uh, I mean, Matt Olson is, I think, a really good uh, replacement for mm. Freddie Freeman. You know, he can't replace what he brought to the clubhouse, but he's he's younger and he can really bang. So I, I'd like, I still think they'll keep the division for that. Central will be the Brewers, and then the West will be the Dodgers, and then my wildcard teams will be the Phillies, and then... Um, I think the Padres will get that second wild card spot. Really? I, I think they will. Okay. All right. I'm going to push back on the Atlanta one real quick with with uh, with Kyle. So I know they lost Freeman. It's a huge name that makes everyone think it's a bad thing, <clears throat> which it is. But to me, I'm looking at this lineup. I think it's still good. Travis Darno, Matt Olson, Ozzie Albies, Austin Riley, 
who came on last year and has started to be the prospect they all thought he would, you know, turn to be. Dansby Swanson, Eddie Rosario, they'll have Ronald Acuna back, Adam Duvall, and Marcelo Zuna will be back. Mm. I mean, to me, that's a pretty deep lineup. Even if you don't believe in Ozuna that much, if I'm, you hit, if I'm surprised they're willing to bring him back. If he's hitting sixth for you, I think that's pretty good. Then over into the rotation, I have my questions with Charlie Morton because of his age. The cliff's got to come eventually, mm-hmm. but the rest of this to me is pretty young. Max Fried, Ian Anderson pitched very well last year. Hopefully, Wasker Yanoa can not punch a wall and break his hand again like he did last year. <laughs> And then Tucker Davidson, who they brought up late last year, who pitched very well, um, should be back at some point and healthy. I think there's depth everywhere. I think there's a lot of young talent still here. I, I think this is still a really good team. And to me, maybe the second best team in the National League still. Wow. Okay. All right. So what do you think but what, what, what do you think is going to fail? What do you think is not going to go right that they're going to lose the division? Uh, is it Morton? Is it the lineup you don't think is quite as good as people think? Is it... Uh, honestly, it's just my gut screaming at me that um, okay. something there, there's been there's been a shift. I, I don't dislike the Braves team. I'm not going to say that they're going to be a bad team. Like I have them in my wild card, but um, I just really like the moves that um, that the Phillies made to um, improve their team a little bit. And I don't think their rotation is as bad as um, the numbers may say. Um, mm-hmm. I see uh, a lot of guys sub four ERAs, and obviously you're not looking for a lot better than that, but. Um, I really just think that um, they're going to perform better than their numbers okay. might suggest. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the next one. Jesse, why do you hate the Giants so much again? Uh, to me, the, the rotation is awesome. And they always seem to find enough offense. So uh, let me get to, let me see the roster real quick. I mean, you've got Logan Webb, Carlos Rodon, Anthony Descalfani, Alex Wood, and Alex Cobb. Which, by the way, what is up with Alex Cobb? You realize he's throwing like 95 all of a sudden? 96? Maybe uh, took a performance enhancing drug. He doesn't look any bigger, though. I wonder if he's just finally completely healthy. Maybe. Maybe. Tweaked his mechanics. I don't know. but Perhaps. And he had good numbers last year. Speaking of Alex Cobb, you know, what? what is it with, what is it with Baltimore? <laughs> he's good in Tampa, goes to Baltimore, he's trash, and then he's good again last year with the Angels. 3.76 ERA, but he looked like awful for a while with Baltimore. No, it's it's. I think it's easier to feel bad or play bad when you feel bad. You know, it's it's hard to find the motivation to succeed when you're playing on a bad team and when you're living in Baltimore and when you're living in Baltimore. <laughs> One well, eye open. All right. Uh, my problem with I want to just my my real problem with the Giants like this lineup has names throughout it, but they're all former names. Mm. Your first base is Brandon Belt. He's 33. I know he can still play. Um, and then Wilmer Flores is going to be your second baseman. Uh, Evan, nah, wait, thir- wait, wait. You don't think it'll be Tommy Lestella? Oh, yeah. All right. Here's the thing. Tommy Lestella, who's 33. Uh, and then Evan Longori is 36. Brandon Crawford, your shortstop's going to be 35. Yeah. Um, and then even like your star outfielder and Mike Yastrzemski, he's 31. Yeah. I thought he was younger. Yes. You brought you brought in Jock Peterson. Lamonte Wade is twenty eight. I really don't like Jock Peterson in that ballpark. No, I don't either. So, eh. You don't like Darren Ruff? No. That's and you lost. You lost. You lost your captain in Buster Posey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, 
you're going to... Listen, the pitching is going to be the thing that carries the day. I just think they'll, they'll score enough runs. Mm. But we'll right. see. I, I mean, see. I at get the end it. of the day, all you have to do is listen, outscore your opponent. Listen, I get it. They are tough. They are tough to embrace. They're tough every year to embrace. <laughs> <laughs> you never look at that roster and like, oh, they're so good. But I think they figure it out like see, usual. And I, I, and I, I love like that rotation. I like a lot of those guys on that team, but I, I mean, for some of them, it's because it's the nostalgia. <coughs> no, I was gonna say I like them for they were. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've been a Crawford fan for ever, and you know, I've always liked uh, Belt. But you know, oh, I used to love watching Longoria in Tampa. Oh yeah, I hated what he did to us, but he was oh, so absolutely. fun to watch. Yeah. All right, I think that has been it. We're gonna take a quick break once again, guys, before we get into fair and foul. A very special, dumbest thing I heard this week. A real good one. And uh, then our Darwin. So stick with us, guys. We are back for more Slow Your Roll. It's time for a segment that just kind of pops up every now and again, depending on what we hear in the news. When, when you just see or hear something that really just makes you go, that's really, really stupid. <laughs> yeah. And we, I mean, like, what were you thinking? It was a great week for it, but it we was. can only pick one. There were so many, though. And we already mentioned the Cashman one. That was in the running. It's an AB quote flowing around there we're going <clears> to mention. But. A man we talked about last week because he made our list for being dramatic. Mm-hmm. Oops, I took a picture. Um, Kevin Durant had a great quote. Uh, he said, OKC has to, reti- has to retire my jersey. It wouldn't even be good for the game of basketball if they didn't. The same with Golden State. Mm. <sighs> You're not the best for basketball, bro. And, like, you think the team that you just abandoned to go play with the team that beat that team should retire your number. No, nah, I don't think so. And then you think the team that you went to, the team that was already basically a dynasty, a team that the year prior was already the best regular season in NBA history, you think that team should retire your number. You think the team that you went to that you then ruined the locker room of, you should be remembered there. Mm, I don't care you won finals MVPs. No. So, like, you're just... You can just, you can, it's got to, he always got to make it about himself. All these players do it. I can't wait until he says Brooklyn should do it too. This, this burner account, SOB, who just has to put his name and his voice into everything, thinks we need to remember him to the end of time. I can't wait till you retire so I can forget about you, bro. Like, I don't want your, your jersey doesn't deserve to be retired anywhere. You can get into the Hall of Fame, you can have your MVPs, and then please just go away. I'm sick of it. Oh, I will remember him forever. But I will not remember him for his basketball and his winning, unless he wins a championship somewhere else. I will remember him for being the biggest, thin-skinned, flakiest mm. guy I've ever seen in the NBA. I mean, he is a middle school girl. <laughs> he really is about just 
drama and not being able to take any criticism at all. And it is insane that you think that OKC should retire your number. You bailed on them, bro. You didn't take them anywhere, and then you left. Now, I get you don't want to play with Russell Westbrook, but I'm not going to remember and retire your jersey because you couldn't take us anywhere and then bailed on us when you couldn't. And then you were a complete mercenary in Golden State. Complete mercenary. I know you played well, and they don't win some of those titles probably without you, but you're a mercenary. And then you left because you wanted it to be your team. If he had stayed in Golden State and felt like he was... If he had gelled in and stayed and just felt like a warrior, a Golden State warrior, and to the point where we all kind of forgot about him leaving OKC, and he fit in with Draymond, and he fit in with Steph Curry and Clay, then I could see it. But you never did. You you looked like a complete mercenary the whole time, and then you bailed when Steph and Clay uh, when 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 Clay got hurt and Steph got hurt, and you you bailed. You you bailed on the team, man. Just because you wanted it to be your team. Yeah. So, no, it was easily one of the dumbest things I have heard all week. Golden State will retire Curry's number. They will retire Draymond Green's number. And they will probably retire Clay Thompson's number. They do not need to retire Kevin Durant's number. No, they shouldn't even consider it. And um, I, I, I want to take this back a little bit. I'd like you to apologize for your middle school girl com- <laughs> comment earlier. Because my my sisters were both middle school girls once. And that is an insult <laughs> to compare <laughs> Kevin Durant to them, okay? Um, they're, they're, so they're even less than skin. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, he he is just an absolute maniac. I, I am on board with you guys. He, he just, I, I, I want to forget about him. I want to forget about him so badly. He's such um, a whiner. But I, it's just going to be one of those things where it's impossible, where he's going to be one of those salty basketball players, like, retired, like, 30 years later. Like, I was the best in my day, man. He's going to be sitting on the corner. I was better beer. than LeBron. I just didn't get the right teammates kind and, of thing. And, and the thing is, you know, you look at him as a player, and there is no doubt that he is a pure shooter. He is a great basketball player. One of the great scorers of all time. Absolutely. And he can do it from anywhere on the court, and I will not take that away from him. But what I will take away from him is the fact that he is just so out of his mind, almost A-B level. I will almost take him to Antonio Brown level crazy. Just not a yeah, just not a scumbaggy, but yeah. Well, we don't really know that, and I, I really believe that he hasn't reached this scumbag potential yet. <laughs> I, I don't think he'll go he, there. He's, he's not in his prime yet. I, I don't. I think he's a little too sensitive, to to and a little passive aggressive to do kind of the stuff that AB does. But that that's even worse in my opinion. I mean, oh, I, I least, would rather you be up front with me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so yeah, he's I mean, just like, going to be subtweeting everybody for the, the next forty five years, and then it's just going to be oh, um, you're you're going to forget about his stature as an NBA player and just remember him as Kevin Durant, you know. So I I'm yeah, OKC shouldn't even consider retiring his number either. Um, it's it's more reasonable to say that than uh, than Golden State. But what's next? Is he going to ask the Celtics to retire his number? Oh, I definitely, I definitely feel he's gonna say Brooklyn should retire his number two. Yeah, no, just I, even if he doesn't accomplish anything there. No, it, it doesn't even matter. He's just gonna say like, oh, I want to be the uh, NBA Jackie Robinson. I like, was retire, say. retire my number everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I don't even That's like a- LeBron, but it, I'd be more likely to be willing to retire uh, six, not twenty-three. Oh, LeBron's number, uh, LeBron's number will be retired in Cleveland for sure. Yeah, so. Uh, I don't know. Do you think he'll be retired anywhere else? Do you think they'll retire in Miami? Mm, probably not. Probably not. 
I feel like they forgot about those LeBron years in Miami. Um, they definitely won't retire it with the Lakers. No. Because they yeah. have too many. Eh, he might. Eh. No, well, come on. The Lakers, man, they got too many great players. Oh, yeah, they do. But LeBron is just such that big no. personality that I wouldn't be surprised if no. they just want to associate with him. No. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not going to happen. Yeah. All right. From that, fair and foul, guys. Wait, to another... about, you're going to talk about? No, I, I took it off the list. Oh, okay. We'll wait a week. We'll wait a week for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so, fair and foul. From Kevin Durant in the NBA to another NBA one. This season won't affect LeBron's legacy. Jesse, start it. Fair or foul? I'm going to say that's fair. Because do I think it should? Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, I guess maybe not because it's just more of the same. It's just maybe worse than ever. Mm. But, like, I I really don't think anything this man can do could truly affect his legacy the way it should. This man could shoot someone in the streets, and they'll still be like, what a great basketball player he was. Remember him? Greatest Phil Walter. hasn't missed a shot. Yeah. <laughs> and Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Uh, I won't say it. Kobe had a huge controversy on his name. And to quote then uh, Daniel Tosh, all he did was change his number in that soulless town of L.A. Couldn't be prouder. Hmm. Um, so I really don't think if you're – it seems if you're an NBA star, they just – because they all accept that these people are prima donnas. They all accept that they're whiners. So there's nothing they can do at this point to really ruin their legacies. Mm. And, like, especially LeBron. Like, they'll just always remember, he went, every team he went to won a championship. And like, all right. And he then ruined them. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I really think that'll just be swept under the rug time oh. and time again when we talk about his story. Okay. When he, gets his, when he gets his last dance documentary that we all have to sit through. Okay. Kyle? I refuse to sit through that. Um yeah, I, I think it, I think it's fair. I I don't think it'll affect his legacy at all. I, we all know who LeBron James is. We all know that he is a selfish player. He's really in it for himself. I mean, sure, he'll point out how great he uh, of a passer he is because he has. Yeah, so he does many make of his them. teammates better. He 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 does, but um, he hasn't made his team better. <laughs> not, in LA. not since he played GM, though. Yeah, no. When he when he starts playing around and starts building uh, these teams that are guys that are good but not exactly great you know people guys that aren't going to overshadow lebron james because it has to be the lebron james show um i yeah i I don't think it'll affect his legacy at all it's still lebron james i think foul absolutely foul i think this will affect lebron james legacy it's one thing to ruin the cleveland cavaliers it's another thing to ruin the los angeles lakers the cornerstone of the NBA. I actually do think this is a stain that will follow LeBron a little bit, even after his career. We will remember. It's one of those things people will point to about what is different about LeBron than MJ when comparing them. He took over. He did a power grab like no other place he had done it before. He has his clutch sports, one of his agents now, as the Lakers GM. So it's not even... It's like completely obvious now who's pressing the buttons. It's Clutch Sports and LeBron taking over the Lakers, and they are ruining the franchise. They have no young players anymore. AD, they got lucky with the championship, but it looks like they might have to ship him out. And as I said, it's one thing to ruin the Cavaliers, but he might be ruining the gem of the NBA, a place that didn't have to sell out for a title, a place that remembers many great players and isn't going to love LeBron the same way that they love Kobe and Magic anyway, so he won't get that same protection in the soulless town of L.A., as you say, which they are. But 
LeBron's not one of them. He's a mercenary, and he ruined their team. I think this will affect LeBron's legacy uh, because he he ruined a cornerstone franchise of the NBA in a power grab that was... I mean, there's no other comparison to it. The only thing close now is Brady, and even Brady doesn't have his own guy as the GM, where LeBron does. LeBron basically is running the Lakers, and he's running them into the ground ever since he took over. This will be a stain on his legacy. I think we'll remember forever. And because of this one, it will make us think about the ruining of Cleveland and the ruining of Miami once he started to meddle. Hmm. Here's why I think him ruining the Lakers doesn't matter. Because A, they sucked before he got there. Okay. And he won the championship there. And I feel like the soulless town of LA will take the championship despite mm-hmm. everything. And two, I already mentioned Kobe Bryant and how like his activities and how that didn't tarnish his legacy. Also the fact that Kobe Bryant sucked, refused to leave or go anything with the Lakers. It's still about me. I'm still going to take my way too many shots a game despite the fact that I'm missing everything at this point. Didn't hurt his legacy at all. Mm. And then Magic Johnson, maybe the greatest Laker ever, or at least one one in the conversation. Uh, He came in in the front office, wrecked it, and said, I'm out. Mm. We still love Magic Johnson. Yeah. We love Mac- Magic Johnson, the player, not Magic. But but the, but, yeah, but, but, the, but, but, but the difference is Magic is a Laker. I don't think they see LeBron as a Laker, really. Y- yeah, but uh, well, that all depends on how LeBron sees LeBron. If LeBron sees himself as a Laker, he is a Laker. That's how. This no, works. I don't think Los Angeles sees it that way. I don't think the fans do. And I don't think the then, NBA then who is he? Do. He's just LeBron. Well, they did He's shun just LeBron. him. They shunned him at first, like they didn't even want him there when he right. first came in. But then. And he won that one championship. I think I think also things were so ugly the first year too. People will remember that when they're you know, the crowd is really because chanting I, at the young players. I feel like they forgot LeBron it immediately. will trade you. They forgot it immediately after the championship. I think they'll bring I, it all back up. I know there's now. like an, an asterisk next to it because of the whole uh, COVID thing, but people are gonna forget that too. We'll see. We'll see. But I think you'll most be remembered for ruining this team in a power grab that is unmatched by anybody else. All right, next one. Astros won't make the AL Championship Series. Kyle, I'm going to let you start. Fair or foul? I think that's fair. Uh, I I think there have been a lot of um, improved teams in the American League uh, this year. Uh, I I really don't think that uh, the Astros will be as competitive. We talked about Justin Verlander a little bit. I don't know what he's going to do um, this year. And I really don't think that there's enough for the Astros unless the buzzers come back for them to uh, really make a push for the um, American League Championship Series. Okay. Jesse? Well, I picked Seattle to win the division. Mm-hmm. So immediately, they, if they're going to get there, they have to go through the wild card. And then the wild card will probably play, in all likelihood, the number one seeded Toronto Blue Jays. And I'm, I'm really going to pick Toronto against Houston there. Wait, wait, you don't think Houston would have a good enough record that they wouldn't have to face Toronto. They'd probably face Chicago. Well, if Toronto's number one, they'll get the wild card team. And I oh, think Seattle's oh, oh, going to yeah, win the division. Right. Duh, the wild card team yeah. is going to play each other. Now, if they play Chicago, I kind of like them better against Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even if they play the Mariners, I would like them better against the Mariners because, well, Toronto will probably be number one. Um, but I'm, I'm going to keep with fair. I mm-hmm. think, if they, especially if they're going to have to go through the wild card, I feel that it'll just be too much for this team that has taken a step back. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to say foul. So I, I don't have much to add then because I have this as fair as well. I think it's fair okay. to say the Astros won't make the AL championship. I think it'll be the White Sox and the Jays. Mm. Or it could be one of the AL East wildcard teams, but <clears throat> I doubt it. I think it's going to be the Jays and the White Sox. All right. Next one. Devontae Parker 
changes New England's outlook for next season? Fair or foul? I'm going to say foul. As much as I'm happy the Pats did this, and they needed to do this, uh, this alone does not change the outlook because I am no longer just concerned about the offensive weapons. I'm actually concerned about the defense. I don't think they've really addressed or uh, done much to fill the gaps. A lot of the guys are older, and they looked really bad at the end of last year. I don't think this alone anymore is enough. I think it would have been enough if they had brought in Devontae Parker last year or another year or they were just a piece away, but I think this defense needs a bit of rebuilding too, so I do not think this alone now changes how I feel about the Pats, which at this point I have probably finishing third in their division, maybe. So, no. Foul. Jesse. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. Is it does it make your offense better? Of course, you needed a wide receiver. This is a guy that can be your one. But yeah, this doesn't do anything to help the defense. There's a lot of questions around there. You just lost JC Jackson. Um the, like how who's going to be your number one corner? Mm-hmm. Is still the question. Um I like the move. Yeah. Especially like you gave up the pick and you're probably going to get a third round pick for losing JC Jackson as comp, uh, as compensation. So I like this move down the stretch, but this year, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't push you forward enough mm. to really make much of a difference. Okay. I'm right there with you guys. Okay. Um, uh, I, I love the trade. I think um, we got, or the Pats got something uh, high value for, um, you know, minimal price. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm still on the same page where, you know, we, lo- we don't really have, uh, they don't really have anybody on defense that really jumps out anymore. It's, you don't have somebody who's going to be able to keep up with Tyreek in Miami now. Um, the, the division has gotten a lot stronger and the Patriots have gotten a little bit weaker. The wide receiver helps, but and ooh, a shiny new toy for Mac Jones to play with. Love it. Um, but we also lost some offensive linemen too. Mm-hmm. So, um Overall, there are some bigger issues that need to be addressed, whether through the draft or free agency, that um, I just really don't think that this move alone is going to improve the team. No, I don't think so either. Honestly, I like this much better for Miami. I know this is about the Patriots, but much better for Miami than I do the Patriots. Uh, I don't know, because I, well, I do think Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, and Devontae Parker is actually a, a decent trio now of, of no, it is. wide receivers. But the reason I bring up the Dolphins is because... They needed picks, I know. Yes. They shredded a little salary, and now they are loaded in the first, second, and third round with picks. Mm-hmm. And you said next year, you know, it's going to be a lot better with quarterbacks in the draft. Mm-hmm. It's really like, all right, Tua, this is your time. If you can't do it, you're out. Yeah. That's what I really think this is. Yeah. Can't wait to watch Tua underthrow Tyreek Hill. I can't, I can't wait to watch Tom Brady <laughs> Did you see in what Miami he said? Year. Did you see what Tyreek Hill apparently said? We already called Tua one of the most accurate. Well, he's like going from a Holmes to Tua is like going from, I don't remember, like a Ferrari to an 01 used Honda Civic. No. And it's like, whoa. Chemistry gone. No. I want to find that quote just to make sure it was 100% true, but I saw that quote. No way. Yes. If he said that, there's no way he said that in an interview. Someone just heard that when they weren't supposed to and let it out. Maybe. Because he called him one of the most accurate, like... You know, one of the most accurate I did find that, that accurate quote right now. Okay. <laughs> one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. Man, yeah. this ball placement getting us about. All right. It's not even English. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping I didn't get pranked on Facebook or something. You, I think, from you, this. I think you got pranked on Facebook. Hold on. I think you got pranked on Facebook. 
ESPN on Twitter. I think you got pranked, bro. I listen for Tua's sake. I kind of hope. There's no way he said that. There is a lot of like prank news out there. It was April Fools the other day. Yeah, I could have, but like that's a weird one to April Fools. There's like a whole NFL Instagram page based on just. Oh, NFL out, memes? Yeah. No, not even memes. Like throwing out like fake news just to like see if people oh, really? will take the bait. Oh, and well, there's that, there's that like that fake um, Adam Scheffner page. Yeah, exactly. I think you got faked. It is what it is. All right. While you look for that, let's do the Darwin. All right. You ready, guys? Drum roll, please. This week's Darwin Award winner is Antonio Brown. <laughs> Has he won this before? I think this might be his second. When he walked off the field, did we give it to him? I think we might have. I think we might have. Anyway, Antonio Brown wins the Darwin Award for an amazing, amazing amount of lack of self-awareness. I mean, we knew he had no self-awareness before. He somehow seems to always outdo himself, though. Um, In an interview with TMZ Sports, he says, I still feel like I can put up big numbers. And I see what these guys are getting paid, and I just wonder why my value isn't being upheld as the same. First off, as the same. What? But anyway, apart from the English. (laughs) What are you talking about, AB? How can you be so, so not self-aware? Why do you think you're not getting a contract and money? Because you have burned every single bridge. And yes, it worked for a year, but even Brady couldn't make it work long-term. It is amazing to me how you could ever, ever say this and not realize why you're not getting money in a contract. It's even funnier when you put up now, wide receivers have never been more valuable. That's why Tyreek Hill is getting paid 30 million and Devontae Adams is getting paid $30 million. If Antonio Brown could have just not thrown a temper tantrum and quit on Tampa and just made it through one more full season without being a complete headache, he probably could have got himself, now he wouldn't have got himself 30 million, but he probably could have got himself a pretty good deal because people would have been like, well, he's made it through two years now. He won a Super Bowl and he was great in that Super Bowl. We'll give him the money now because we need a great wide receiver because they've never been more valuable. At a time when you could never have cashed in more money than you could have now, Antonio, you blew it. Again, and that quote is absolutely amazing. That makes me happy. <laughs> Jesse, you're still looking for that, but I'm pretty sure you got pranked. So, is that it? Yes. No way. What's yep. the source? Uh, some dude's Instagram. Ah, it's, so, it's, it's not the it's most fake. source. It's fake. But, it, I mean, it's apparently his quote after the first practice with the Miami Dolphins. Oh, Okay. But like it would definitely, if it was a real quote, it was not in like a. Um, it was not in an interview. <laughs> it might, it might have, if it was, if it's real, it might have just been someone like, did he just say that? Yeah, walking off the what field. What did he say? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it was that. But thoughts on Antonio Brown and his lack of self awareness. Uh, this is just so on brand. I mean, listen, it is, but like you always feel like there's a limit. Like oh, it can't no, get dumber dude. and dumber. No, but like it just gets Ill. it just gets dumber and dumber. Yeah, it's like, amazing. This is a man who went running to his backyard celebrating because he got cut by the Raiders. I thought he went celebrating because the Pats picked him up. No, he no. first went like celebrating because the <laughs> Raiders the Raiders cut, cut him. Oh, okay. And like after all this, again, you got blackballed from three, four yeah. teams now, and you think. 
I don't care how talented you are. You think your value is going to be as high as someone that can be almost as good as you, if not as good as you at this point, and behaves? No. Even someone that, like Tyreek Hill, he can be controversial. He can be a, a whiner and stuff like that. He can be a, a bad sport with the peace signs and stuff like that. I'd much rather deal with that yeah. than a guy taking off his uniform and walking off the field yeah. with I'd, the same peace sign in the air. Yeah, I'd much rather deal with Josh Gordon getting suspended for... Uh, smoking too well, much. He, he's not even productive anymore. I, but, but I'd still take that. I'd uh, still take that. It's. it's I'll take Calvin that. Ridley this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. But it's just like amazing. It's just like, does he not? Can you really be that self? N- not self-aware. Do you think he yeah. has no idea why he's not getting a contract? Oh no. I like. How do you? How do you have no idea? How do you yeah, have how, no idea? Yeah. How do you have no idea that the fashion in which you have done things over the last three years because is why nobody wants you? He doesn't think he's done anything wrong, though. That's the thing. I guess. In in his head, he's just acting. But the I way. can. But I can think that I didn't do something wrong, but still know why something well, is happening. But the thing is, that it's you're a rational person, Tom. At least I think so. And all the time that I've known you, I, I, you could be completely insane for all I know. But what I do know is that Antonio Brown is actually clinically insane. Like insane. Insane. So, and I guess the mark of 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 knowing someone is insane is they think they're the only sane person. They have yes. no idea they're insane. They are convinced they they're are sane. convinced that in all things they are sane and right. And they are never wrong. So you're right. That is the mark of an insane person. But just wow, the level of self awareness. I love just, it. I mean, he. I mean, it, he's, he's he's truly never had it. It's not even zero. It's like deep in the negatives. How old is he? Thirty-one, I think. Okay. I mean, he's at that age where, like, if you haven't matured and figured it out, oh, he's not going you're, to. You're stuck. No, 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 no. Nothing, nothing will change. I just he somehow always seems to top himself. It's just amazing to me. All right. I think that has been good for this week. I'm so looking forward to the MLB season starting. Does it all start? They're not doing a, a standalone game as the opening day anymore, are they? I think uh, everyone just starts on the 7th. I don't think so. Yeah, I think everyone just starts on the 7th. I don't know. Fine. I'm pretty sure everyone just starts on the 7th. Thank goodness the MLB is back. I was concerned for a little while it wasn't going to come back. Yeah, I was crying every night. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was near it, bro. I, I'm right there with you. I was sad all the time about it. It's rough times. But it is over. We have seen it through, and it is time for baseball season. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for another edition of Slow Your Roll, guys. At Slow Your Roll on Instagram for clips from the show, slowyourroll.com, as well for links to Jesse's articles, news around sports, and all our past episodes, and Slow Your Roll on Twitter as well. Thank you very much, and have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the beginning of MLB season. I'm taking Kansas tonight.